T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Right now, we're joined by original Texan, Seth Payne. One of the P's out of Payne and Pendergast. Uh, Seth, my man, good to talk with you, dude. Um, hey, I, I didn't get a chance to listen much this morning, and I, I'm sure by now you've probably gone back and watched uh, this past weekend's game, Texans and Titans. I'm curious, from you, looking at Will Anderson, you only had 12 snaps to look at. The guy yeah. gave you a hell of production. He was impactful. He stepped on the throat in the first half of those back-to-back sacks. What did you see from him when you rewatched that game, and how do you see him possibly being able to affect what the Colts do up front offensively? I, I thought the really cool thing about Will Anderson's two sacks were that each of them addressed an issue that he's overcome from earlier in the season. So that first sack that he had – there was a chip block out of the back in the backfield. And the first time I watched it, my first instinct was to criticize the back for not putting in a good chip. But Will actually just anticipated it really well and ended up splitting the splitting between the running back and the offensive tackle and getting a sack. Like it, it made it look easy. That's something that he didn't necessarily anticipate early in the season. There were a few games early on where, man, he had a good rush going, but then he was just stopped cold in his tracks by a chip block. The the second is when tight ends give that jab at the line of scrimmage um, before before they go out on their routes. That would screw him up early in the season. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of times where, man, like he could have had a good down, but he just kind of got stopped in his tracks because of that stuff. That second sack this past weekend – it looked this one did end up looking lazy by the tight end, but it was because Will anticipated it and kind of took his shoulder and his midsection away from the tight end before he could get the shot in. He stepped inside and then stepped back outside after the tight end was gone and got a speed rush around the end. So he talked about it afterwards, and it was really cool because he kind of he said, you know, like everybody was saying good stuff, but like a double team rate and all that, but like that doesn't matter. You got to produce. Like so his. His standards were much higher than just show that you're in, that you're having an effect because realistically, and, and he knows this, and this is what I would I, I was saying this in the beginning of the season. I was getting frustrated because people thought I was criticizing him or not acknowledging him for for doing well. But it was the same thing he was thinking. Look, Micah Parsons gets double teamed a lot, but he also gets sacks. You know, Nick Bosa gets double teamed a lot. He gets sacks. If you're going to be a genuinely great pass rusher, it's not enough to just get double teamed. You got to get sacks. And on both those, he had two people trying to block him and he made it look like a non-factor. So that was really cool. It's great to hear from you as well, Seth, because I mean, I, I, to me, that's the, that is, that is the reality of playing the edge position in the NFL is there is there is one stat that that sits well and above uh, in the eyes of really everybody, including the players, 
Um, anything else that you can do. You can be great everywhere else. If you're going to be that game-changing, I mean, market-setting deal kind of defensive end or edge rusher, you got to get home, and he got home in a big way. Seth, also on that, and I hadn't watched the All-22 yet, but but uh, it seemed like that second sack that he got, he won with his hands as much as he won with anything. And, and I ask you this because I, it seems like to me that the where Will Anderson can improve like drastically from year one to year two is ultimately filling out his toolbox, getting more pass rush um, uh, uh, tools, if your weapons, if you will. Um, did you see him use his hands one, and 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 how do you feel about how much better he can get in that in that toolbox area? Yeah, I think that there's a couple things about that because he, he's been willing to use his hands. Um, I think there's some of it where he didn't necessarily always trust his speed rush around the outside. And sometimes, you know, it's a matter of committing to it, even if it feels like you're going to get run. And then also, you know, he has that ability to come back inside to offset it. So it's a, it's, it's kind of like James Harden being able to go to the hoop really fast when he was in his prime before he gained all that weight um, or hit you with a step back. <laughs> like you got to be able to go inside or outside. And that's where, that's when the magical stuff can really start happening. I think he's, and he talked about this in the post game too. He's got a better feel right now of how to work the angles and the edges because that was another thing that would happen early on. Was there were times where he was either taking a, a route that was too direct, you know, right at the offensive tackle, or sometimes he was running straight up field and getting washed. Like he's got a much better feel and understanding for where the offensive lineman wants him to be. You know, like when you're lined up out there on the edge, you want to you want to be taking an approach in a path that makes the offensive lineman as as uncomfortable as possible. And there were times where especially against the better guys, the better offensive tackles, he was making it real comfortable for those guys early in the season. And um that's that's been that's been the fun part because you know, he's I compare him to Nick Bosa in some ways. You know, obviously it's not a perfect comparison, but I think athletically they're about the same. The big difference is that Nick Bosa has spent more time since high school as just a pure defensive end, and he's just gotten more muscled up and bulked up, I think. I think Will can still gain 5 or 10 pounds of muscle, um, but when it comes to using the speed that he does have, He's just got to maximize everything, and you know, and he can't he can't waste any footsteps. He's got to have the angles perfectly because he's not as blisteringly fast as a Michael Parsons. But if you watch like Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa takes like three gigantic steps off the line of scrimmage. I'm doing, I'm miming it. No, you wish you guys could see me. Um, <laughs> so like he gets every little bit of speed that he has, and he gets he gets five yards past the line of scrimmage in those three steps, and then he turns in and uses all that power of his. And like, I, I see Will being that same guy. He's a combo power and speed guy. So he's got to really be sure he ties those two things together. Seth, I just asked the question uh, last segment. We had a conversation about it, about what matters more to you, a depleted receiver core for the Texans against a depleted secondary for the Colts this weekend, or a Colts D line versus a very um, imbalanced Texans offensive line right now with a little bit in flux regarding Laramie Tunsil's health and Charlie Heck still being at right tackle. I'm kind of curious. I won't ask you that question, but I am curious if you think Charlie Heck, who started the last three games for the Texans at right tackle, regardless if we see Tunsil or Fance, you know, at left tackle remains to be seen, but how well do you think the Texans offensive line can hold up, match up against the likes of Samson Abukam, Quiddy Pay, Tyquan Lewis, and 
uh, Audi Yangbo. They are all beastly on that D line and on the edge I, for the Colts. I think they they need to be able to hold up really well for like two point two seconds. So if they can give us it, give me two point two seconds, and and then I'll be okay. And then beyond <laughs> that, I like honestly. I think one of the one of the things that was interesting last week and might be a silver lining to Beck's injury was that I like in the first half I thought Brevin Jordan did a pretty acceptable job as a fullback and what that might do is maybe open up some more versatility um and unpredictability by keeping heavier personnel in, keeping a fullback, keeping tight ends or multiple tight ends in. And there's going to be times where you max protect, but also you've got multiple tight ends in there that, that can release on routes. And I think they're going to, they're going to have to get super creative. Um, as long as the game is close, if they can control, if the Texans can control it with their run game and that's, I, that's very achievable, given the way that Singletary has been running, and the Colts are not nearly as good on run defense as they are um, as, as pass rushers. I think that's the key. That's I mean, it's boring and it's cliche and all that, but the only thing the Colts really do really well is rush the passer, and usually they do it really well when they have a lead. So if you can keep if you can keep a lead yourself and keep the game closer and on the ground, it, it's much less of a factor. Hey, Seth, what is what kind of statement did it make to you uh, by the league in in uh, flexing this Texans game to Saturday night primetime? I think uh, I mean part of it is part of it's just that it's one of the only really good relevant games between winning teams. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 